This is the Crucial Talks podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks podcast. I am your host, Mike Saddam. If you get a chance, I'd really appreciate it if you could please subscribe to the podcast and give it a quick review. That really helps out. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, please feel free to visit www.crucialtalks.com and reach out to me via email, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. I also have added a couple new things to the website. So under the podcast tab, I've added a link to each of the authors I interview. Each of their books is right next to their actual interview. So it works out really nice. You can hear what they have to say and then click on the link and go get their book. And today we get to talk to another author and her information will also be right next to her podcast episode on the website. Her name is Melinda Kelly and she has written a book called Finding Your Coach. Now I find this really interesting and I'm kind of excited to talk to her because earlier this week, I'm just cruising around LinkedIn. Some of you have have uh, interacted with me on LinkedIn. I kind of like to to see people there. I like to interact with posts. But one post really caught my eye, and it was one where one of my contacts was considering a coach. Now, it's interesting because he knew he needed one, and he thought about getting a coach, and he thought that getting a coach could bring him to the next level. But he was asking for advice on how to find a coach. And that's why I think Melinda's work And her book is really so applicable to everything we do because there are people out there looking for guidance about how to get guidance. So without further ado, let's welcome Melinda J. Kelly to the Crucial Talks podcast. How are you today, Melinda? I am marvelous, thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. Well, I think it's going to be a great conversation because I think what you talk about really could help a lot of people that kind kind of want to get out of their own way. So before we do that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you to this point where you thought writing a book could really help people, especially a book about finding the right coach? Well, I'd be happy to because who am I with these great revelations? I um, finished college and had the opportunity to go to work in my family's publishing business, which is a privately held company. And... The joy of working with family is you're with family, and the downside of working with family is you're with family. (laughs) And uh, a compliment from a family member in a professional environment is the, the best thing you will ever receive because they're few and far between. And so it sets you up in an interesting environment that you have to trust what you're doing is okay or okay enough, and that your insights are good, but also in a family structure, you have many different roles playing at any given moment. I took over the business with my father's passing and had to look at who we had been, where were we going, were we still relevant, and where in the 70s, we were so cutting edge, we were unique and unheard of. In the 2000s, with technological innovations, we were still needed, but not as, necess- not as necessary as we once were. And that's a really hard thing to take in when a lot of your identity has been very much involved with your professional identity. So looked at that, and at the same time that I was looking at my business, a family health matter and a relationship crisis all landed on my doorstep in the same year. 
and uh, really made me have to sit down and go, where am I going? Because everything that I thought was going to just gently fold and take me into the twilight years had crumbled or wasn't as I thought it was going to be. And it was my own little um, crisis or dark night of the soul or whatever phrase you want to use for it. But suddenly everything that I thought was, wasn't. Well, and when you hit this point, what really opened your eyes to the fact that you needed something, something to change, something to, to really refocus you or to get you out of your own way? What, what happened to show you that you needed some guidance? You needed somebody to kind of point the way, shine the flashlight down the, the dark tunnel, that sort of thing. I would say with when it, when it comes to a family matter, you have to look at what's, what your family dynamic is who you are, and what you're acceptable doing or not doing. So that one's easy. With a relationship matter, you have to look. That's all about you and them and where is that going. But when it comes to work, you have to look at how much am I fully engaged in this? Do I still have the passion that I had for in my 20s, my 30s, fill in any decade you want? And sometimes I feel the hardest question is, just because you're really good at something doesn't make you happy. That was a really, really hard question for me to answer because I can do this in my sleep. But it wasn't bringing me a sense of fulfillment. It wasn't expanding my skill set. It wasn't every time I looked at it and thought, well, I could do this. My first reaction is, yeah, but do you really want to? And that's not going to take you anywhere. Well, and then, so when you decided you, you needed a coach, was it, I mean, did you, do you wish that you would have, that you would have gotten a coach sooner? I, I spoke with friends of mine in business who were looking at similar issues. And that's always a great starting place. For me, I was able to determine that I, knew that I needed to let this continue going, but I didn't want to expand it or to re-energize it in a different way. And then I had to ask myself, what is it I wanted to do? That's what led me looking towards coaches because I knew I didn't know how to start. And it started with literally going to someone whose focus was understanding how to dream again. Because often we forget to dream. We get so caught up in the day-to-day and taking care of business that we put away our dreams or we we relegate them to what vacation we're going to take or if we're going to get a super-duper new car. But we forget to dream the dreams to help fill our souls again. And that really helped me to start touch in with some of the things that I put on the back burner for a long time. And that opened up the door to someone else. And I will tell you, I've been very fortunate in who I've encountered because they've all been fabulous. That said, it doesn't mean I took in every lesson they had to offer because that was my problem. So do you think that there was an issue with, with how you accepted some of the information or why wouldn't you listen to every lesson they had to offer? What, 
what can we do to try to avoid, I mean, how do you filter through some of that information? Well, that's what I had to ask myself, because it would be very easy to become a, um, a coach junkie or a conference wanderer or a lot of things. And if everyone in the room is getting a lot of information and taking it home and making great strides with it, how come it's missing me? Because as much as none of us want to admit it's us, sometimes it's us. And I had to look at what I was doing that was holding me back. And one of the things that I mentioned that a lot of people agree with is sometimes we are so smart, stupid. And, and I mean that in, in all kindness. But we can be sitting in a room and someone's speaking and, oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, I know that, too. Well, well, I know that, too. And we're so busy having the answers. We're not allowing the space for them to say something to spark us or to hear it differently or for us to see how the information they're giving to us could actually be used in a different manner. So we become so smart that we're stupid because when we have all the answers, we don't let anything else in. Right. It sounds like what what I've heard a lot of people say, which is the importance of self-awareness. I mean, you really have to make sure you understand what you do and don't know. And we do our egos and all that stuff. Sometimes it blinds us to what other people have to say, even if in reality it could benefit us. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like, you know, talking to you and, and reading some of your stuff, it sounds like that in the beginning, when you were having the issues in your in your business, in your life, that sort of thing, that you were trying to come up with a solution to these issues from what you already knew, from your knowledge base, from a place you've always drawn information from, but it wasn't getting you out of where you were. Is that one of the reasons why you thought seeking a coach was a good idea and why it might be a good idea for other people? Oh, that was exquisitely and succinctly said. Most definitely, most definitely. And we live in a world now where asking for assistance doesn't have the same stigma that it used to be. And I'm so thankful for that because it's like you wouldn't feel guilty asking someone, you know, how do you cook a roast if you've never made one? But yet something as important as our life, sometimes we get a little shy about saying, I need a little help or assistance. Well, and how did you... I mean, because it sounds like you're in the same place a lot of people are. How did you change that mindset so that you were more willing or that you how did you actually change your mindset so that you actually understood that the places you were looking for solutions may not have been the best places to look? How did you come to that realization? It. I. Sorry, because there's nothing worse than pausing, because I want to give you a really good example. And I believe one of the things that really struck me is I was working with someone who, well-known thought leader, fabulous individual, and there was a program that I thought would take me to the next place. And I signed in to do it, and I got into it, and I realized I was completely and totally lost that my aspirational self had shown up. I wasn't ready professionally or personally 
to start using good information to the next place. Now, I can be annoyed with them because I wasn't getting what I wanted. But yet there were other people that were succeeding and finding great benefit. And so once again, you have to come down and go, well, how am, how am I failing myself? What am I doing that's not getting this in? And that's when I had to come to the disappointing realization that I've gotten carried away. And instead of being where I was, I didn't realistically look at that. And so I leapt to where I wanted to be. And it's like having a castle in the sky. I had no stairs to get me up to the castle. So I could jump all day. I was not going to get there. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready in a variety of ways. And so I was holding myself back, not only emotionally or financially or in terms of business and business logistics. I was so in over my head that it took me a while to realize how in over my head I was. Well, so then you realize you're in over your head. And you start, you start this self-awareness journey. You start going down this path of trying to figure out what you need to do next. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, can be in your same shoes. Because when I'm reading your book, when I'm looking at your stuff, it's really, even though it's about kind of the coach, it's really about you. And it's about finding you and what you need. So when you, when you start going down this path, you or me or, or anybody else, this whole book is about trying to figure out yourself so you find your right coach. So what kind of what kind of questions did you start asking yourself? What did you account for? What did you consider to try to get you to a place where you were you would be able to find the right fit, the right relationship for you to to bring you to the next level, to bring you out of that rut you were in? I started to look at the relationships that were constructive. I looked at the themes that I kept seeing that were specific to my needs. And so that was a great starting place. And then I started to look at what made that work specifically for me. I sound very nebulous and I don't mean to be, but when you're working with someone, sometimes you need a taskmaster. Sometimes you need someone who's going to be generous. Sometimes you need someone who's going to be very supportive. And you need to know which of those are the things you need. If you aren't able to take a compliment in, if you're working with somebody who's very generous in their praise, you start to not trust them because you have a block about believing what they're saying. If you're working with someone who is, you need this done and this is a task-oriented focus, and you're not good with deadlines, you set yourself up for failure. You honestly have to look at who you are. And we all like to think that we are these amazing, perfect, I don't have any hiccups or surprise people. And yet each of us will have some area that we don't realize is holding us back until it's really holding us back. And sometimes just even being willing to look at there's a problem can open your eyes to the problem. So... We kind of we, we look into ourselves, we kind of figure out where we need assistance, where maybe we we aren't up to speed in a certain area. And the way I like to think about it, you know, a lot of people at higher levels in organizations, 
they go mm-hmm. down this path. Sometimes they hire people that are just like them. And I kind mm-hmm. of I kind of uh, assign myself to the belief that you don't want to hire somebody like you. You want to hire somebody that that you can delegate your weaknesses to. And it kind of sounds like this might be the same thing. When you're looking for a coach, you're trying to find somebody that's going to be able to shore you up where you need that support, where you need to to build some strength. So when we're when we become aware of that, or how do we become aware of that? Because I know you come up with some questions that you mm-hmm. ask yourself when you're ready. You you know you need a coach. You know you want to build up yourself in these areas. What kind of questions do you ask? Do you ask yourself when you are in this spot where you're ready to hire a coach? Well, and as and I love that you brought up the idea of finding someone to compliment you, because really that's in some ways a very new concept, because so often we want someone just like us. And instead of realizing we already know that we need to we need to learn what we don't know. And most of the time we go to our comfort zone which is not going to help us get out of this discomfort we're in. Some of the things I had to look at were, what is my relationship with, um, with my authority figure, with my mother, with my father? Am I a people pleaser? Am I taking care of my needs or am I taking care of other people's needs? And these all sound so simple. And of course, you know those answers. We all want to please people at some degree but to how large an extent do we do it that it compromises us if we have an issue with an authoritarian figure if we have someone telling us i need this done by thursday and there's no way we're going to get it done well then we're already becoming adversaries before we even start working there are a lot of things that if i feel if you're doing it in your personal life you're probably doing in every other area of your life. You just may not be aware of it yet. Well, and so what kind of what kind of people have you seen that are coaches that understand that difference between the two? Because I've seen business coaches and coaches for CEOs and life coaches and all these different coaches with different types of titles. So how do you know what you need? How do you know what kind of person you want to hire what their skill sets it, it what their skill set is and if you're actually what i like to call delegating your weaknesses right you're trying to find somebody that that fills in those gaps how do you know when you found that person i mean what what questions are you are you asking to make sure that is the right fit for you i as you were saying that in terms of business i've worked with several nonprofits that have brought in consulting organizations. And what they wanted was a rubber stamp that they were doing everything correctly. And they would get it because that's what they hired. But it didn't address the reasons why they were having diminishing returns or they were losing volunteers or that they weren't able to keep a a headquarters well staffed. And because they so wanted, you're doing great. They didn't care what the truth was. They just needed that reinforcement. In terms of working with a business coach, I believe you really need to be clear on what is the issue you really need to look at. Are you looking at 
your staffing? Are you looking at your executive team? Are you looking at visioning? Are you focusing on your values? Are you looking at employer retention? Are you looking at how you've changed in the marketplace? Any one thing is what you need to look at because once you know where your sore spot is, everything else is leaning towards that to help it. And by just having someone come in and make it all better, it makes it better for a week. Well, and I think you... you, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we all want change overnight. It never happens overnight. Well, and that's a... You know, before we hit the change, because change is a, and the fact that it's a long-term game that you're really constantly evolving. Before we go into that, what I wanted to hit on really quick is something you said about about trust, because you said that you've seen times when consultants come in and the organization just wants to hear they're doing well. They don't want to hear maybe some of the negative stuff that there is, or maybe things that they need to improve on. So how important is the notion of trust and relationship that has trust in it when you're talking about hiring a coach, when you're talking about a coach and client relationship? How important is that trust? Oh, it's vital. It's vital. And one of the stories that I relate in the book is I had joined a writing group forever ago. My first time I ever joined a a coaching environment and took my assignment, showed up to the first meeting, was so happy, and the instructor savaged what I wrote. But that's why I'm coming here. I'm new. You have experience and knowledge. I want to learn. So I took all the recommendations. I went home and I did everything and I brought it back the next week and they savaged it again. And at this point, I'm now very unsettled. But I took the notes and for the third time, made all the changes and came back and they did it again. And at this point, it was a group environment, group class. And people said, I don't know what's going on because we liked it. I don't know if I stepped on her toe in a past life. I don't know what I did, but there was something that we did not set off with each other well. And I didn't realize how much that bruised my sense of trust, that if I went to someone for help, I would get it. Because it was a very, very long time before I was willing to risk asking someone for help. Well, and I think you have a great point there, because what you're saying is, what I'm hearing is, the trust with your coach, the trust with somebody giving you advice is mm-hmm. vital, but that mm-hmm. trust is based on where they're coming from. If they're coming from a place where they just want to break you down or they're constantly looking at the negative, it's a little different than somebody coming from a positive place, from a place of love, from a place of of caring, from a place of compassion, right? Because we know that mm-hmm. in those areas where we need to improve – to hear that information is going to be hard. But when we hear it from somebody that we do trust, that we do know is coming from the right place, we can accept that and use it and get better. 
But then we, if we get the feeling that the person isn't coming from that good place, it changes the dynamics of the relationship completely. Is that something that we should be really considerate of when we're talking about trying to find a coach? Oh, most definitely. You know, I think it's quite amusing that all of a sudden the gut has become sexy again. We talk about gut health and know your gut and trust your gut. But it really is a true statement. If you meet someone and they're pleasant and nice, but you just don't know that you'd enjoy seeing them again, it's true. Whether it isn't true, whether it doesn't make sense, it's your truth. And the same token, we can meet someone and they are our best new friend we didn't know we had. And that's true. When, when we're out there and experiencing people, we know who we resonate with. The next part of that is, am I resonating with them as a friend, as a mentor, as someone I'd like to be, as someone who can give me help, or someone I want to go have a cup of coffee with? And it could be all of that. But, but we need to know what we're looking for first. Well, and that's why I think what you're talking about is super important because we can hear the exact same sentence from two different people and take it two completely different ways where, mm-hmm. you know, one person can tell us, hey, when you are on the phone with a client, this is the way you need to behave, but this is what I'm seeing if, if it comes from a person we don't trust, if it comes from a person where we think they're out to get us, or they just like to uh, be negative, we take it completely different than somebody that we trust, have a good relationship with, and that we think are, are coming with us on this journey toward a positive goal. We take it completely different than we would this negative person. And when we go through this process, when we're, when we're trying to change, have you seen – this level of trust, this relationship being important to that change process because we're going to slide back. But if we slide back with somebody that we don't trust, that we think is negative, we just keep sliding back. But with somebody we trust, it's almost like they're still there shoulder to shoulder with us to keep us moving forward. Very much. And it also gets when you're working with someone whose needs are being met, do they want you to have an assignment a week done or do they respect that this is your journey and you're going to get there when you get there. They're there to push you, to prod you, but they're mostly there to respect that you're going to get there when you're going to get there. And it has to be in your own time because if it's pushed to be in someone else's schedule, then it's never, the change is never going to truly be yours. And I don't know that you'll ever feel fully comfortable with it because you'll always question, did I do it for them or was it what I wanted? And when you're doing this, how do you keep yourself from falling into the trap of questioning yourself? I mean, because if you're going to be if you're going to be on this journey with somebody, if if you're going to be taking hints from somebody, if you're going to be taking advice from somebody. How do you keep yourself centered so you know that what you're doing is the right thing for you, that it's not just something somebody else wants, that it's, it's what's, what's best for you? How do you balance that between, between the fact that we may be pulling from our past knowledge and not getting out of our own way 
and mm-hmm. pulling from a base of knowledge that will get us in the right place, but ensuring that it's it's what we want. How do you kind of how do you drive down the middle of that road um, so that you don't fall into the trap of pulling from your old knowledge, and so that you're gaining what you can from this from a coach that's giving you new ways to look at things? Well, at the risk of using my title in conversation, I will use my title in conversation. It really is where you need to dive deep within. I have come to realize that I rush slowly. I love an idea, and I'm all for it, but I need to not knee-jerk for it. I need to take the time to really step back and go, does this help me? Does this honor me? Is this what I need? And when I work with someone, I now know enough to let them know. And that I may look like I'm not doing anything. I, they may have their own frustrations with my speed. But I've come to the position of realizing this is about me, not about them. And if I want to take six months to perfect my calligraphy of the word the, that's my choice. They may wish more for me, but it has to be in my own time. Because after I spent six weeks on one thing, it may open the floodgates for everything else. Because that's my unique process. That's where understanding who we are, what works for us, not what works for everyone else. We're no longer in grade school. We're no longer in college. This is no longer about someone else's needs or expectations or timetable. This is about our needs. This is about literally being a grown-up and saying, this is about me. This is about my process, my journey. This is unique to my quirks and to what I need in order to move forward. And that's not an easy thing to do because too often we are the last on our list of priorities. And we often feel we're being very self-indulgent to be thinking about me, 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 me. But when we understand the me, 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 we get to move so much further. And as we move further, everyone in our world has the benefit of our being a happier, more together, more cohesive person. Well, and it sounds like it really comes down to, and I, even though you you didn't want to bring in your book title, it really makes sense diving deep within because you really need to look at yourself because on the on the flip side of what you said, I mean, you, you kind of described yourself as, hey, I move slower with this stuff. Just because you don't see it moving quickly doesn't mean it's not moving. But I think, in a, especially nowadays, with a lot of people and social media and how quick the world feels like it's moving, people are really looking at speed at a at a micro uh, level at the, at the shorter term. And it almost seems like we need to be careful of both ends of that spectrum where by knowing ourselves, we know, Hey, it might take me longer to get there. I have to be aware of that. But we also need to understand that sometimes we fall in the trap that we, we feel like we're accomplishing a, a lot and we're moving down the right path because we do a lot of stuff in the short term, but it's not perpetual. It's not into the future. It's just kind of we do it and then we think we did something, then we quit. But do you see it as as that a negative also? Because it's almost like for change, it kind of it takes a while. And sometimes 
people fool themselves into thinking that, hey, if I do this for a few weeks, all of a sudden I feel good about it, and then I forget about it, that change doesn't stick. So how important is that knowledge about change, about that perception of change and understanding that sometimes we have to take more of a macro view of of self-awareness and self-change and self-transformation? I think it's I think it's imperative. I, honestly, if you look at any marathoner, it, it's not the marathon. It was that first morning run. It was the second morning run. It was finding out there was a group to run with. There was finding out they could do it in the afternoon. There was all of these long steps that add up from half a mile to is it 26.2 or 28.2, but a long distance. And in this sense of, you know, I need to be busy, I need to be moving. We can be busy all day long doing nothing, getting nothing accomplished. The uh, irony of social media is never have we shared more, but shared nothing. We, we share pretty pictures with no context. We sound as if we're all living, you know, an idyllic life. And yeah, every moment, every life has idyllic moments, but we're no longer living a real life. And it's the real, the reality of our lives that best serves us. Well, and I love that because it kind of makes me think of, hey, you could have a really good looking cake sitting on the table. When you bite into it, it tastes horrible, but you need, you need depth there, right? And so, before we let you go, I know we got to wrap this up. Just have one question because we're all on a journey where everybody really wants to succeed. I mean, I have, I've got no question that everybody listening to this wants to succeed. They want to do better. They want to change for the better. We do understand we get in our own way. But if we're constantly moving down this road and even if we're only taking small baby steps in the right direction – how do we know success? Well, even on the short term, like what is a definition of success that people might be able to to use and understand so that we know when we're when we're kind of at that first goal, when we're at that finish line. I know it's perpetual, right? We're always constantly trying to move forward. But how do you define success? Oh. This is a quote that I discovered when I graduated high school that has taken me a full lifetime to fully appreciate. Success is getting what you want, but happiness is wanting what you get. And I don't know that we understand that happiness and success are two fabulous things that on occasion can be together, but they're not always the same thing. And success can be measured as tangible, short little things like when you complete a marathon, that's fabulous. When you, if you're a real estate agent and you sell your first house, that's tangible and that's phenomenal. But happiness is so much more fleeting. Happiness is when you walk in the door to your own home and there's someone whose eyes light up because you've come through the door. I really feel it's knowing your own happiness will give you the success you're looking for in your life. 
Well, I love how you put that because I really the happiest people I've seen isn't some metric of success. It's not their bank account, the car they drive, the size of their house, where they live, if they have the corner office, what their title is. It really does come down to that process of life. And I really like what you said there because it's a it's a great way to look at the difference between quote unquote success, which I think sometimes comes with metrics that don't really lead to happiness. And the notion of happiness is being something that you're now comfortable with inside, that you know you're doing the right things for the right reasons, for you, for your loved ones, for a greater good, for a bigger goal, where it's almost like the people that I see that are happy seem to be happy with the process of what they're doing in life, whether that's in their community, their church, their work, their family. It's in the process of going through their day, going through their life, constantly making little adjustments. It's not about the car. I mean, I've seen so many people with the with the fancy car or the big bank account that truly aren't happy when I see other people that are just happy with life and their process. And it really comes down, I think, making full circle to what you talked about earlier is the notion of self-awareness and even going back to our original conversation that looking for your coach requires this level of self-awareness, well, then it kind of sounds like so does your definition of success and your notion of happiness requires that self-awareness in the in the bigger picture so that you can reach the goals you want to reach. Almost definitely. I say I want everybody to have everything. I really do. But I want everyone to have the things that are making them happy. If you work 60 hours a week because you're going to take your family to Disneyland, you know why you're putting in the extra time. But if you're just working 60 hours and there's no reason at all, then where are you in this? We can do anything. We can find success in a million different ways. We can have it be tangible or intangible, collective, collaborative. But happiness is another another thing entirely and knowing what our happiness is which can also be tangible or intangible and collective or collaborative when we know when we know what makes us happiest we really get to make the world shine and resonate with us well and i think that's a that's a great point because when we understand ourselves it seems like we can have the right lens that we're looking through when we look at the world. And so by understanding ourselves, we start seeing the world in a whole different way, in a more positive way that can that can continue to lead us lead us down that path of positive change. And so with that in mind, I know we gotta wrap this episode up, but with with all that you do and you're speaking and you're I mean you're a coach yourself, um, writing your book how do people get a hold of you? What's the best way for them to reach out to you to get to know a little bit more about you and to get your book? Well, thank you so very much. Um, I'm, my website is melindajkelly.com and I'm, my book is available on Amazon. There are some other publications, um, collaborative works I've been in that are available through my website and that is there. And, um, I would welcome, I'm also on social media, so I'm available with uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, 
Facebook, you know, all the happy campers. We'd love to have your input there. And uh, would love to hear from you an email or your thoughts or anything at all. And that's at hello at melindajkelly.com. Well, I'll make sure I put a link to melindajkelly.com. I'll also put a link to the book, obviously. And when the episode, if you go to the website, my website, and you go to that episode right next to it will be a link to her book. And again, the book is called Finding Your Coach, Diving Deep Within. And it's a it's a good read. It's a quick read, but it gives you ideas not only on the coaching. I mean, we started out about about the technical nature of finding your coach, but really what it led to is this broader idea of perception and trust and relationships and really understanding that success is really how we're looking at things through a lens where we understand ourselves. So I've really had a great conversation with Melinda, and thank you, Melinda, for being part of the Crucial Talks podcast I got a lot of benefit from this talk. I'm sure a lot of other people did, and it really fits with a lot of what we're talking about here on the podcast. So everybody listening, please visit Melinda Kelly at melindajkelly.com. Check out her book, and if you have a chance, I'd love for you to visit me at the Crucial Talks website at www.crucialtalks.com. Feel free to connect with me via email, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. If you need anything from me, I'd greatly appreciate you reaching out and if you could just click the subscribe button and give it a five-star rating real quick, it'll really help us build out our audience and build out the people we're trying to reach and really improve this community of people we have that are interested in human behavior and human decision-making. So have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit CrucialTalks.com.